The five-seed Miami Hurricanes are about to begin their NCAA tournament run. So let's answer the question everyone's been asking. What's the latest on Norchad Omir's health? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So on Friday night, 7.25 p.m. in Albany, New York, five-seed Miami Hurricanes take on 12-seed Drake. Everyone wants to know, is this going to be one of those 12-5 upsets? And I've been getting calls and texts from the wise guys all over the country like, Dono, bro, what can you tell me about Norchad? The ankle, is he going to play? Is he going to be out for the tournament? What's going on with Norchad Omir? So here's what we know about Miami's big man. Norchad Omir, this is positive news, okay? Really positive. He was on the practice court on Wednesday morning. He was shooting. No wraps on his ankle. He was moving around pretty well. Jim Laranega talked about Omir. He said that he can stretch and he can shoot. But as of yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, they have yet to determine how effectively he can actually run and jump. Now, running and jumping, last time I checked, pretty important in the sport of basketball, especially when you play as athletically as Norchad Omir plays. Okay, so... That decision as to really how close he is to be ready to go is going to be made at some point today. But we are seeing positives. But here's something, folks, you have to keep in mind. Um, if you, you know, if you really ask me, and I have to give you an answer, uh, if you give me truth serum, I'm expecting Omir to give it a go on Friday night. But even if he doesn't, the fact that he's on the court shooting, his ankle is not wrapped, he's not in a boot. Um, I think that it's incredibly likely that he would play Sunday if Miami can advance to the round of 32, that even if he doesn't play on Friday, if Miami can find a way to win that game without him, I am incredibly optimistic that he can play on Sunday where I'm about 60, 40, 55, 45, something like that, that he's going to play on Friday night. Uh, Here's what Coach L had to say about Omir, quote, I don't know if you would call stretching and shooting threes practicing, he said. If we had a shooting contest or a stretching contest on Friday, he could probably do that. Whether he can actually run and jump, we have to wait and see that on Thursday. I wait for the trainer to tell me he's ready to go. But Coach L did add emphatically, he said, Omir wants to play. Now, Coach Laranega also said that Norchet has been working around the clock, basically about 10 hours a day. He's been working with the training staff over the past six days since he sustained that ankle, that ankle sprain against Duke. Uh, We gave you some speculation earlier this week from the pro football doc who watched the video footage of Omir rolling the ankle and the pro football doc, just based on the footage of the injury said You know, it might be a grade two or even a grade three sprain. Now, guys, based on the way the last few days have transpired, no chance in hell that's a grade three sprain. It's not, okay? Because I was told by an athletic trainer that 
a grade three sprain would mean that his ligament is completely torn. And obviously that's not the case here. He'd be on crutches or in a wheelchair right now. He wouldn't be, you know, moving around and walking around and shooting threes in practice. That cannot be, it's not a grade three sprain. Okay. So, you know, again, all the wise guys have been asking me about this matchup. Miami hurricanes are according to FanDuel, our sports betting partner, Two and a half point favorites against Drake and minus 128 on the money line. So if you're, you know, if you're a little bit worried and cautious about the Omir injury, but you think Miami's going to win, maybe grind out a close game. I do believe this is going to be a close game between Miami and Drake. Um, you may want to think about if you want to bet on Miami, you may want to think about betting on the money line instead of on the two and a half point spread. Because if you bet Miami minus two and a half and they win the game by a point or two, you're going to be pretty disappointed with the way that that plays out, okay? I think Miami can still survive against Drake without Omir, and I favor Miami in this game because Drake, it's it's a smaller lineup. It's the type of team Miami can do fine with with all of their versatility and all of their scoring at guard because Miami has some of the top scoring guards in the country, okay? And yes, Miami will obviously, in any game, you're going to miss Omir's 9.7 rebounds per game but I don't think that that rebounding loss is going to be the difference in winning or losing this particular game. I think Miami has more than enough on the perimeter to match up well against Drake. And while I'm not that high on Anthony Walker, who would be the guy who either replaces uh, Omir entirely or is going to get a lot of minutes, because there could also be a scenario, folks, where Omir plays. He just doesn't play very much, okay, on Friday night, where he may give it a go. Um, you know, there's also an internal debate to be had where, you know, maybe if Norchad is not completely healthy, maybe you take a gamble and don't use him on Friday night, hope you get to Sunday and then he's 100%. I don't know if that's a gamble you can afford to take. I think if he is cleared to play by trainers, I think you play him at least a little bit. Uh, I am high enough on Anthony Walker's defense. I think he can provide more than enough defensively in this one. And Miami should be able to get enough scoring from players like Wong, Pack, and Wuga, and Jordan Miller in this matchup. And yeah, I think the defensive matchup between Miami's Jordan Miller and Drake's Tucker DeVries, who's their top uh, scoring threat, that should be a good matchup. And let's not forget Jim Laranega. He is a master of working with what he has at his disposal, right? Think about in recent years, when Larinaga has only had like six or seven healthy players sometimes in a lineup and he makes it work, okay? Uh, he's gotten the best in the past out of big lineups, small lineups, fast lineups, slow lineups. He might have a very small lineup to work with against Drake, but I expect him to make it work and get through that round of 64. Elsewhere in Miami basketball, did you see that hype video? that the Hurricanes put out, that don't pick us video. Fantastic hype video. And it perfectly plays on the theme of Miami basketball being an underdog, underrated, forgotten team all year long. It plays off of that really well. You know, Miami was picked to finish fourth in the ACC this year. They win the ACC regular season championship. You know, even going back to last year in the NCAA tournament, Miami is a 10 seed. They were picked against in every matchup they played and yet they made a run all the way to the elite eight so they've been counted out time and time again and i think that's something that this team and this coach really thrives off of they love to have that chip on the shoulder underdog mentality and i am fine with that because i enjoy watching this team work so norchad omir on wednesday morning 
He was on the practice court. He was shooting. He was moving around pretty well. He's been working with the training staff 10 hours plus per day. Still yet to be determined if he's going to give it a go on Friday night. I am slightly optimistic that he will. Uh, And even if he doesn't, I do think Miami can get by Drake regardless. We are going to do a lot of football talk on this episode, my friends. We're only getting started here on this Thursday edition of Locked on Canes. The Miami Hurricanes, Mario Cristobal's team, they've got a huge recruiting weekend coming up on March 24th. This is going to be one that's going to help lay the foundations for the class of 2024. You know how you guys complain about Miami only having one commit so far for the class of 2024. The foundations are being laid now, and they've got a huge recruiting weekend coming up March 24th. We will talk about that. And also, I threw the bat signal out to you guys. You're going to help me with this, and I've got a few of my own. We're going to make some bold predictions. Bold! We're going to make bold predictions for the Miami Hurricanes 2023 football season. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, we're past the midway point of the NBA season in college basketball. The tournament is getting underway. It is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Like this minute, sign up at FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything with all these games coming up today and tomorrow. The money line, point scores, three-pointers drained. I mentioned Miami, two-and-a-half-point favorites against Drake, minus 128 on the money line. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, I mentioned um, March 24th going to be a big recruiting weekend for Miami. Some of the top targets that are coming in, four-star quarterback Air Nolans will be here. Four-star interior offensive lineman Jordan Seaton will be here. You know how Cristobal and Mirabal, they've been so hot on the recruiting trail the last couple of years at offensive line. Four-star tight end Kylan Fox, who I really like, will be here. And three-star cornerback Ricky Knight, who, from what I've seen of Ricky Knight from the Benjamin School, uh, I think he's probably a little underrated at three stars. I think this is the type of guy that once he gets into that senior season next year, if he keeps playing the way he was playing as a junior, he could end up earning a fourth star. So we'll start with the quarterback who's coming in for a visit. Uh, I've been really excited for this visit from Air Noland for quite some time. Remember, Noland... He was going to visit a couple weeks ago on junior day, which was the first day of spring practice. But Miami, I think, strategically convinced Noland, why don't you come back later on this month? Because junior day, there were, I think, literally around 100 players here visiting uh, with their families. And it was just it was a huge event. It was like a party atmosphere. So that's great how you can draw a lot of players down here. But at the same time, when you're talking about priority targets, junior day wasn't the best time for someone like Aaron Nolan to visit because you're just not going to get as much one-on-one time and FaceTime with coaches. Come back at a quieter weekend like March 24th 
and he can really sit down in the film room, spend more time with Shannon Dawson, who's Miami's quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator, spend some time with Mario Cristobal, the head honcho. And so I think it's great that Noland uh, was able to successfully postpone and lock in that March 24 visit, because in my opinion, I think Aaron Noland around uh, along with A.J. Hairston, those to me are the two quarterbacks with their dual threat capabilities. They fit Shannon Dawson's offense the best, in my opinion, especially Nolan. He's the higher touted of the two. Um, Miami's battling a lot of other programs for Nolan. Alabama and Ole Miss have serious interest in the four-star product out of Langston Hughes High School in Georgia. Now, we know Miami has been working this one really, really hard. And I think ever since they locked in Shannon Dawson to be the new coordinator, they've only ramped it up. And I, I think Dawson is going to and has already made it very clear to Nolan we think you are the perfect type of quarterback to run our offense. When you talk about his dual threat capabilities, like you saw what Clayton Toon, the quarterback at Houston last year, had a record passing year, career passing year, and he was the leading rusher for the Houston Cougars as well. Aaron Nolan can do that. Like as high as I am on Tyler Van Dyke, Tyler Van Dyke's not going to do that. He's not going to be Miami's leading rusher next year. If he is, you've got big problems, okay? Tyler Van Dyke is not going to lead Miami in rushing, but in a couple of years, a few years, if Aaron Nolan is here, he is capable of doing that. I think this guy is the total package and the real deal. Um, I also, you know, everyone that I, I talk to seems to have the same feeling Miami is really going to try to lock up two quarterbacks in this cycle. Remember, they were going to have two quarterbacks in the last cycle, but then, you know, Jaden Rashada did his musical chairs thing between Miami, Florida, and ultimately Arizona State, so they lost out on that one. But I like Emory Williams a lot, but I do think Miami, because they didn't get two quarterbacks in the 2023 cycle, I think they're going to try to get two quarterbacks in 2024, okay? And uh, the other guy that I really like, A.J. Hairston, who I think is criminally underrated, because his only Power 5 offer right now is from Miami. Um, I think he could end up being the second quarterback in the cycle. We'll see if someone like Aaron Noland or Luke Moga or Michael Van Buren would be the first in the cycle. But Nolan, to me, four-star out of Georgia, I think he's the guy who fits this offense the best, and he would be my top choice. So hopefully that visit goes really, really well. I mentioned there's a tight end that I really like who's coming in for a visit. Kylan Fox, big time prospect, also out of Georgia. He's from a town called Loganville, never been there. Uh, six foot five, 205 pounds. Miami has been successfully bringing in a lot of these big, tall tight ends, right? Jackson Carver, Riley Williams, both six foot five plus. Elijah Arroyo, six foot five plus. So the last couple of cycles, they're bringing in these big, tall, tight ends. Um, Miami's going to have to battle with Florida State and with Fox's home state schools because Georgia and Georgia Tech are both pushing really, really hard for him. He seems to me like the type of tight end that Mario's been going after in recent years. And I mentioned the cornerback, Ricky Knight, out of the Benjamin School. I think he's underrated at three-star. Uh, you know, good high school program, really solid player, great instincts, and he's a really strong tackler based on his film that I've watched. You don't always see that from his position. Uh, Florida State is considered to be, according to the on three tracker, they're like the hefty leader in Ricky Knight's recruitment right now. So, you know, once he makes that Miami visit, we'll see if the momentum starts to shift in Miami's direction. But yeah, 
March uh, 24th is going to be a huge recruiting weekend for the U. Uh, this is not a visitor, I think, coming up this month, but hopefully he's going to make an official visit to Miami. We've got to talk about five-star defensive lineman David Stone. So he told, uh, I think it was Chad Simmons from On3, that he is interested in scheduling an official visit to Miami. Uh, he says Mario Cristobal is the coach that he has the strongest relationship with so far. Uh, and he also, you know, his decision, he's not going to make his decision anytime soon. I don't think David Stone, uh, Michigan State is considered the slight leader in his recruitment right now with Oklahoma being the close second because he's from the state of Oklahoma. And hopefully I can sabotage his Oklahoma recruitment because as I've mentioned before on this show, I've got two relatives, including my sister, who are professors at OU. They're professors at Oklahoma. And I already told them, if you see David Stone on campus, tell him, David, Oklahoma's terrible. Go to Miami. Miami is where you want to be. So I'm going to try to sabotage his uh, his Oklahoma recruitment. Uh, I hope saying that is not an NCAA violation. I hope you guys know I'm kidding. I, ho I hope you guys know I'm kidding. And if you don't think I'm kidding, I'm going to have John Ruiz represent me in court. Okay, I'm I'm very much joke. Well, kind of. Uh, maybe I'm not joking when I say that. But, you know, David Stone, who's uh, from Oklahoma originally, he plays at IMG Academy. He does want to see how his former IMG teammates fare in Miami this season. So we're all going to be watching Francis Mauingoa, who actually might end up being a starting right tackle at Miami. So if David Stone sees Mauingoa like thrust into a starting lineup year one, he's like, OK, they got something cooking there in Miami. Uh, you know, we'll be watching Jaden Wayne, Riley Williams, Antonio Tripp. So he wants to see how his former teammates fare at Miami. But yeah, David Stone is absolutely a priority target for Miami. And a teammate of Stone's at IMG Academy on the offensive side, interior O-lineman uh, Jimothy Lewis will likely make an official visit to Miami at some point. Um, he has his finalists. I think it's either a top eight or a top 10. Miami is among that group. Remember, you can make five official visits. So uh, according to Chad Simmons, the most likely schools to get OVs from him are Miami, Michigan, Tennessee. He's already got his Tennessee date locked in and Georgia. Um, now, Ole Miss is currently favored for him on the on three tracker. So maybe Ole Miss will be the other school he makes an official visit to. Uh, but, you know, an interior offensive lineman with tremendous size, six foot six, 290 pounds. Uh, this is the type of offensive line prospect that probably makes Mario Cristobal literally salivate over. Like there's drool running down his face right now when he watches that tape of Jimothy Lewis. Folks, when we come back, I'm going to give you my three bold predictions for the Miami Hurricanes football team in 2023. You guys tell me if I'm being too bold or if I'm not being bold enough. Okay. And I asked you guys, I solicited bold predictions from you. You can tweet us. You can tweet the show day and night at locked on canes. And if you follow us at locked on canes, we will follow you back. You guys have been giving me your bold predictions as well. Uh, I'm going to give you three Bold, not so bold, bold predictions on Miami Hurricanes football when we come back. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, 
hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So I put it out there on our Twitter account at Locked On Canes, uh, asking you guys, do you have any bold predictions for the 2023 Miami Hurricanes football season? We get one. This is super bold from Johnny Darms, who says, we will have two 1,000-yard rushers this year at Miami. Ah, now that's, obviously that's bold. Let me tell you how bold that is. The idea that Miami's going to have two 1,000-yard rushers this year. I went through the last several years of Miami Hurricanes football statistics. And as you would expect, you start looking through 2022. Did we have a thousand yard rusher? Nope. 2021. Nope. 2020 thousand yard rusher. No one to be seen. The last time the Miami Hurricanes had a solitary 1000 yard rusher in a season was Mark Walton back in 2016. Had over 1,100 yards that year. That's the last time Miami had a single solitary 1,000-yard rusher. And I got our guy, John Nee. It's, I asked for bold, and I got bold when I asked for a bold prediction. One, two 1,000-yard rushers this year. So I guess the follow-up question would be, if you think Miami's going to have a pair of 1,000-yard rushers, who would they be? Uh, are you going with Henry Parrish, who's probably going to be on the field the most? because I, I expect him to begin the season as the starter, and he's like the most consistent guy when it comes to not getting hurt a whole lot. Um, do you think uh, Do you think maybe um, uh, Don Chaney is going to stay healthy enough to get 1,000 yards this year? You know, I'm curious how you think that's going to go down if Miami's going to have a pair of 1,000-yard rushers, maybe – Maybe Chris Johnson just bursts on the scene and gets like a couple of like 80, 90 yard uh, gains from scrimmage for Miami this year and ends up putting up big numbers. Uh, we get a bold prediction from Alan Para, who says Jakari Brown will lead Miami to a bowl win. Now that's bold, okay? Because obviously, if things go as planned this year, Tyler Van Dyke is your starting quarterback for 12 plus games. Uh, his accuracy and his quick release and his maturity and his experience lead him to mastering the Shannon Dawson offense. And, you know, he had his injury struggles with the shoulder last year. Van Dyke is completely healthy right now. Hopefully he stays healthy. So if things go as planned, Tyler Van Dyke is your QB one. So uh, I would wonder how do you think Jakari's going to get on the field? Does Tyler underperform and get benched in favor of Jakari? Or maybe Jakari is just so lights out in fall camp that Shannon Dawson says, you know what? The best players have to play. I don't care how experienced Van Dyke is. Jakari's got to play. Or maybe Van Dyke, knock on wood, I hope this doesn't happen. Maybe he suffers an injury again and Jakari gets out there. Now, I do believe that if Jakari Brown can polish his passing game as we've been looking for him to do for the last year. Uh, I, I think he's just based on his athleticism. If he can polish out his passing game could be an ideal fit in a Shannon Dawson offense. I don't think he's there just yet, but we get the very bold prediction that he's going to lead us to a bull win. Uh, Paul Erickson says three offensive linemen will be all ACC. He says now um, that's bold. But if it can be first, second, or third team, I'd say I could see that happening. I don't know if Miami's going to have three O-linemen on the first team, All-America, 
But, you know, I, I could see three maybe you get – or he said all ACC, actually. So all he said, that wouldn't be as impressive, I guess. But I could totally see Jalen Rivers being all ACC. Uh, I could see – I'm getting more bullish on Big Coop and Nez Cooper because the more I see him being a little bit more trimmed down, toned up, a little quicker, I could see Inez Cooper making it and – and wouldn't it be uh, Matt Lee? I mean, Matt Lee could be all ACC, no problem at center. So Miami might have four. What about Francis Mauingoa? What about the Samson uh, Okunlola, the Pancake Concha? I don't know. Miami may have five all ACC offensive linemen this year. That is bold. Uh, we get a prediction from Lawrence Mincy. He says, my bold prediction is one game at a time momentum will be a factor this season. Can't predict momentum. Uh, Lawrence, that's not that bold. I'm going to tell you, um, let's see. Greatness inspires greatness says we will have a better record than last year. That is all. Uh, that's also not that bold. I mean, you know, I haven't predicted Miami's record yet. I don't know if I will do so or not, but you know, to say they're going to be better than five and seven next year, it's, it's not that bold, but I appreciate it. Now this is bold. Danny boy Kane says nine and three this year. DBC, that is bold, my friend. He gets the game. That was a bold prediction. So is uh, John Nee's prediction on two 1,000-yard rushers. That was incredibly bold. I think Allen's prediction that Jakari Brown is going to lead us to a bowl game, uh, that is incredibly bold as well. So I've got three quick, bold predictions for you for 2023. Uh, first one, not as bold as the other two, but I did want to throw this out there because so many Canes fans are down on this guy based on the way that he played last year. Number one for me, James Williams is going to have a bounce back year. I believe by the end of the season, James Williams will be talked about as one of the best safeties in the country. Uh, I think he's going to have a bounce back year because everyone's like, oh, this guy, he can't tackle, you know. He's got to work on some of those fundamentals, absolutely. I also remind you, he was playing through a lot of last season with an injured shoulder that required surgery at the end of the year. So I think that some of the evaluation on his tackling was a little bit unfair knowing afterwards what he was playing through during the season. James Williams is elite in coverage, and I believe he is capable of tackling better than he did last season. So I think James Williams is going to have a bounce back year and it's going to be talked about as one of the better or best safeties in the country by the end of the season. That's number one. Number two, uh, I don't know if Miami's going to have 2,000-yard rushers this year, but I do think they'll have a 1,000-yard receiver. Colby Young. I believe Colby Young will break 1,000 yards this year. Two major reasons for that. Number one, you forget. He was building chemistry with Tyler Van Dyke and had a couple of huge receiving games before Van Dyke got injured, and then it all went to hell after that. And then number two, I'm watching this Colby at spring practice. He's toned down. He's lost a little weight. He's gained some speed. He's the fastest wide receiver on the team right now, according to the, the metrics with the radar that they're using out in practice. He's the fastest wide receiver on the team right now. Uh, I believe Colby Young, who's got those huge hands, can make those one-handed grabs. Uh, I think he's going to thrive in this offense. He's going to redevelop that chemistry with Van Dyke. I believe Colby Young's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. Number three, this one's probably the boldest prediction I will make because so much of this depends on this young man having better injury luck than he's had in recent years. I'm not going to guarantee you a 1,000-yard season, but I will tell you, 
Don Chaney is going to be Miami's leading rusher this year because what I've seen from Chaney two years ago, when he's actually on the field healthy, he's the most complete back Miami has right now uh, outside of uh, Trevante Citizen. But I've got questions about Trevante Citizen. You know, how's his recovery going coming off the ACL? He's not healthy right now. Don Chaney is healthy right now. Uh, I think Chaney's going to be Miami's leading rusher this year. He's going to have competition. Henry Parrish is going to be on the field a lot. Citizen, if he can get healthy, is going to be on the field a lot. I believe Mark Fletcher coming in as a true freshman is going to get some playing time. He's not around yet. He's not an early enrollee. Don Chaney, this is a little bold on my part. I think he's going to be Miami's leading rusher this year. All right, my friends, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the NCAA tournament, which is about to get started, okay? And, of course, we're going to see our Canes playing tomorrow night, Friday night against Drake. Uh, hopefully, Norchat Omir plays. Even if he doesn't, I think Miami can win this game. And we will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.